0: Hey, this is Brian Akar, host of Why I Left, here to let you know about an important cause for which I'm fundraising and need your support. Child trauma occurs more than you think. More than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by age 16. Since 1979, the Advocate Childhood Trauma Treatment Program has provided a range of specialized services for the treatment of and healing from experiences of trauma in the Chicago area. Knowing people who have experienced childhood trauma, I'm aware of its lasting impact. That's why, on October 13th, 2024, I'm back running the Chicago Marathon, again, representing Advocate Health as a member of the charity running team and fundraising to benefit the program. Please visit the show notes and click the link for Be Run Chicago to donate to this cause. I appreciate any support that you could provide. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to Why I Left, a podcast that explores the great resignation. I'm your host, Brian Akar. Join me as I chronicle real stories from real people about the reasons they decided to leave their jobs during the pandemic and what has happened since. Hello and thanks for tuning in to this episode of Why I Left. In today's episode, I chat with Judy Jackson. Judy retired from the corporate world as the global head of culture and engagement from WPP to help other organizations build inclusive cultures where people can thrive. She's now the president of JLC Ventures, where she develops authentic leaders. Now, I really enjoy my conversation with her. And you know what? She asked me a few questions in this one. So I really enjoyed us having that dialogue. Let's go check out her story. All right. Welcome back. So our guest today is Judy Jackson. Judy is the president of JLC Ventures. She's driven by bringing out the best in others while maintaining her authentic self. Now, Judy is a well-respected thought leader in human resource management, who up until recently was the head of head of culture and engagement at WPP. She provided the vision and strategy for building a culture where people can bring their whole selves to work and respect it for who they are. I'm really excited to have her on the show. And so, Judy, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Brian. I've been looking forward to this. It's been a while. <laughs> it,
0: it's been a while, but, you know, it, it, good, good things come to those who wait. And so so thank you for, for coming on. And now, prior to us kind of talking a little bit about you know your retirement from corporate America, would love for you to tell our audience, you know, a little bit about you know your upbringing and where you currently call home.
1: Okay, well, my home has been for a long time Brooklyn, New York City. You know, Brooklyn in the house. Uh, <laughs> I grew up there. I grew up with uh, Jamaican parents who um, were strict. You know, and had they had they had their rules. You know, everybody had a tree job. <laughs> so I think I learned a lot about work ethic. Uh, from my parents, I have two sisters and a brother. Um, the unfortunate part is that my two sisters passed away, um, you know, when I started my work life. And that's what makes it extra sad is that they raised me. My parents um, passed away when I was a teenager and my sisters raised me. They passed away when I started, uh, you know, b- working and uh, I ended up raising their children. So it's a You know, it's a survival story. It's a survival story.
0: No, absolutely. And and what are some of the things that you've been really passionate about professionally?
1: You know, I've been lucky that, you know, I've not think I've ever had a job that I've not enjoyed because my work has always been purposeful. I know people are talking about purpose now. I've always been in some sort of HR type role or people development role. So I've got to see people grow in their roles and grow in their career and grow in their lives. And I felt that I've had an impact on that. So for me, what's been great has been throughout my career, early on, have been able to touch people at times that were meaningful, whether they were looking for a job, whether they were losing their job, whether they were looking how to be a better leader. Um, I've been able to, you know, help them on that journey. And I still do that today. So that's my legacy, helping people find, um, you know, their, their secret sauce.
0: No, I like that. And, you know, prior to talking about your the launch of your company, you know, tell us a little bit about that work journey and really what's worked well in some of the places that you've shown up
1: since my new job or just in general. And in-
0: just, yeah, just just in general. So yeah, prior to launching JLC, you know, that that human resource background, like what what's that journey been like for you?
1: So in terms of the HR experience, I've worked in primarily communications companies. I've worked at many of the major ad agencies and major ad agent holding companies. I've worked for black-owned companies like Essence before it was taken over by Time Inc. I've worked for um, a headhunter that uh, focused on bringing people of color into the workplace. So I've worked in not-for-profit at Planned Parenthood during a time where they were bombing clinics so I've had a variety of of, of experiences, and um, I think what has been the common thread is taking organizations through change. So for example, when I went to Essence, uh, a magazine on um, Essence Communications, I was previously at an ad agency called Digitas, and I went over to Essence, or at least Time Inc., to help Time Inc. purchase this Black organization, and Time Inc. being this big gorilla of a company and essence being a company that you know was was homegrown, how do I help take that culture and bring it into Time Inc without it losing its identity? Um, and so you know that has been pretty much the thread that's carried me going into organizations and helping them find their culture and bringing out the best of their culture and making it unique in some special way. So let's no, that's come awesome. and through
0: it. <laughs> no, that's awesome to hear. And you know what? Look, so I got my origins for this show really throughout the pandemic. And so I like to always often take guests back to that time in 2020 where we're really introduced to COVID. So talk a little bit about how the pandemic affected you.
1: Well, let's first talk about how it affected you. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, because Brian, you've been talking to many people over the last- Three years, pretty much, I guess, yeah, know yeah. about how they've survived or thrived during the pandemic or what's changed them. And I'm sure you have lots of stories about how people have found their true selves, you know, because I think that's probably part of my um, my story as well, of people taking a pause to reflect. So seeing all those individuals that you've talked to, how have you changed as a result of the pandemic?
0: Yeah, you know, that that's a great question. You know, overall, the pandemic really impacted me on a personal and professional level because, personally, in my day to day job, so I work in healthcare, I was a part of those redeployment efforts that helped people, help providers, and, and other types of folks get to the right places as we were dealing with those first wave of patients. And to see one camaraderie that ensued from that, the lives that we were involved in, in saving touched me on a personal human level that I have never, ever experienced in my life, to be honest, professionally personally and professionally. And then I would say, you know, as I've got, as I've moved into this space of now, you know, interviewing folks about what's happened, what's been great to kind of learn about. And truthfully, what's really impacted me mm-hmm. is how one, how rare it is for all of us in the world to go through one singular event. I mean, the last, what, 1918 was the last, you know, whatever the flu well, was.
1: It, it, it kind of reminds me of, though, um, 9-11. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: You know, we, you go. We, we all went through that. And then, I mean, it didn't last, but how we all sort of came together. And, you know, in being in New York on the subway, people would speak or get, give you your seat. I mean, just a little yeah. bit. People say hello in the street. They became much more human. Yeah. After nine eleven, I feel the remnants of that, you know during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And so I've seen what I'd love to see and hear and learn is how when people got that time to themselves, the light bulbs that went off, right? And so in my stories that I kind of chronicle here, you know, people are now recognizing, well, maybe I didn't really want to be in this specific role. Maybe I wanted to do something else. Maybe I recognize that, look, I have this space, time and opportunity to do this one thing. Let me give it a shot. Let me give it a a full shot because let's be honest, we're here, we're at work seven and a half, eight hours a day. We're not working that whole time through, right? So now people are being much more efficient with their time and they're also recognizing, hey, I can do this for me. I want to do this for me. I want this next part of my life to be different. And so I've really been inspired by a lot of the stories that I've been, you know, chronicling because it's great to just hear people recognize this in themselves. So my, my show is, yes, it's about why people left their jobs, but it's really like when you start getting into it and if people want to, you know, binge episodes, they can, but it's really about self-actualization. It's really about here's now what I always thought I could do this. Now I'm doing it. And wow, now I'm thriving. And so it's been a beautiful kind of story that I'm telling through the stories of other people.
1: You know, that reminds me that I think this pandemic, and certainly for me, brought out qualities that I had, but I didn't realize I had. Mm, You know, I think any crisis may do that to you. So for example, so watch... 16th is when we all went. Well, in my company, March 13th was decision. We are close, right? And so that March 16th, 2020, it was, you know, we all, we never went back. We technically never went back to the office. Not really, not the way we did. And so uh, April of that same, that next month, I started to see how other leaders in my industry and in the advertising industry were changing or feeling displaced, either emotionally or jobs were beginning to you know, go away or uh, people were beginning to go on furlough. I mean, it was a short time that, that things started to change quickly. So April 23rd, I created an organization with the help of two other women called We All Rise Together. And the purpose of that, it happened in the moment, got on um, a Zoom call, my personal Zoom, uh, invited 50 people that were leaders or rising leaders in the advertising industry and said, People are losing their jobs. Businesses are closing. People of color, particularly, were suffering from mental health. We can do something. We're leaders in our companies, a lot of them in the C-suite, some CEOs. What can we do? So we met um, every month over yeah, a two-and-a-half period and helped people find jobs, did counseling, created, helped um, get funding for organizations that were, were, were suffering, And it all happened in the moment. And I realized that one of my secret powers that I'm using now in my, my new role, my, you know, on my own is how I can galvanize people around a cause, how I can get people together. um, When I believe in something, how I can get others to believe in something. And, you know, I don't think till you just started speaking that I realized how much the pandemic influenced who I've become as a leader. You know, I I talk about with my about my company and who I am. I lead with love, and love was not a job word that you used before 2020. You know, in the office, you know, when I would use that word love, love, and you love your job or you love this person. But you know, my team would tell me, you know, Judy, you lead with love. Now that's popular, but I do think that the pandemic certainly helped in so many ways to bring out um, our superpowers to bring out a sense of community and to bring out a sense of humanity that we didn't recognize we needed and we needed it.
0: I agree with that. And especially that last piece about bringing out humanity. And what I hope now is because now we're starting to see things almost kind of shift to pre-pandemic life, right? When some of the things that's going on, I'm really hoping that we as people and truthfully organizations don't forget about the humanity piece of this.
1: How because, do you think you could do that, Brian? Though? How do you how do you think like if, if you could give call, do a call to action?
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: Do you, does anything come to mind that I mean? Certainly, your podcast helps. Conversations help. Yeah. Uh, I will. I will say one thing, and I'll, and I'll. As you're thinking, I went to dinner with a group of again something impromptu about eight HR talent leaders that I've worked with over the years. It was just impromptu. Someone was coming in town. Hey, let's all get together. At dinner, I asked everyone, what is something you need and what's something that you can give to this group? And so people talked about what they needed and what they could give. And one of the things that they needed was safety, a sense of community, feeling that they're siloed. And so now we've agreed to come together periodically and 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 be there for each other. And you would hope that HR people would naturally have a sense of community. But all of us suffer from stuff. There's a way that we could all find ways to build community, to be there for another. Like your podcast is doing that, but ways to have conversations. You know, maybe that's not a specific action, but that's one of the actions that I would encourage um, people to get out of their comfort zone. To reach out to people that you've worked with or not worked with, or, you know, people you've liked and um, connect because people need that sense of connectivity.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's funny you mentioned that because so, so one, uh, and I'll answer your question in just a minute, but I think that connection piece, So I had a lot of posts of late about because the fact that we're all now in this remote space, well, most of us are in this remote, primarily remote space.
1: Yes. It I can do. get
0: lonely, right? It can get lonely. And the importance I like to talk a lot of times Fridays, I like talk about wellness, but it is important to your point about connection, reaching out to people to really touch base on the things that you, you may be interested in, right? Or you you need like your your tribe or your cohort of folks who you're connecting with because it it is, this at times cannot be easy, right? It can be hard. And so I love that, that you are at least providing a space for your group, your cohort, right? To at least have that. Because more people do need that, so I would say that is one type of call to action. The other, now to get to your question about you know what can orgs do, you know I think for those places that gen, that have genuine remote work policies, just to kind of start high level, we got to keep those. I think there's no reason, and there has been kind of proof in the pudding, if you're able to do that, then it shouldn't be rolled back. And if it's being or when it's being rolled back. I think folks are, are wise enough to know that oftentimes it may be about real estate costs, right? Like we have all this space tied up until 2030. We need folks to come here and maybe just be honest with people. But the notion that, and what I've been reading and seeing is that, you know, that we want to get the culture back and we want to bring culture. And that's why we're bringing back, bringing folks back together. People see right through that. And so I think maybe starting there is one you got to, tr- it, it comes from a place to tr- place of trust uh, of saying, Hey, we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to stick to it and kind of keep it moving together.
1: Yeah. Are you a fan? Are you uh, supporting people be uh, completely remote?
0: We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by better help. Are you struggling with mental health issues, but find it difficult to make time for in-person therapy? Better has got you covered. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that connects you with licensed therapists from the comfort of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can access professional counseling whenever and wherever you need it on your schedule. And the best part, it's affordable, confidential, and easy to use. As the host of Why I Left, I know that life can be tough sometimes, and that's why it's important to take care of your mental health. BetterHelp offers a wide range of services, including individual counseling, counseling, couples therapy, and even online group sessions. So whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health issue, BetterHelp can provide the support you need to feel better. Sign up for BetterHelp today and start living a happier, healthier life. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash left? That's betterhelp.com slash Why I left. Take care of yourself. I think in industries that can support it, I'm all for it. Personally, I think, I think the future is hybrid, right? Yeah. Um, because at times there are needs for folks, even in my role, to be together. And I get that. But I remember I used to come, you know, you, you, don't, you almost think about these things twice. And you're like, oh, you're coming in every day. But I'm coming in every day and I'm sitting on Zoom calls all day. Yeah. Why am I really here, you yeah. know? And I will say this, you know, even during the, because what we had during the pandemic and in, in my space was because we wanted to make sure that if someone got sick, that the whole team wouldn't be taken out, we started rotating in kind of two weeks on, two weeks off uh, to being in the hospital, because I was in a a hospital setting, although not direct patient care, but that's the type of role I would, would play. And so what I ended up doing was because everything was going crazy in New York, I ended up taking my family to Michigan because my parents were in Florida at the time. Right. So I took my family to Michigan. We were hanging out there for a long time and I was doing work there and I was driving back and forth. But what was wonderful is sometimes I would talk to my leaders and they were like, oh, I didn't even know you were away. And I was like, well, that's, that's the point. Right. You know, like <laughs> yes, right. I'm I'm getting everything I need to get done. I'm available. Don't get me wrong. Like I didn't have much work-life balance at that time, but I'm available. You get done what you needed to get done, especially in a time of crisis, but there was never a time that you couldn't reach me. Regardless of where I was, and that really opened my eyes to saying, "Oh wow, well I could do this, right? i mean I'm so I'm still providing the same level of support. You can definitely get a hold of me, and when I need to be in the office, look, I'll I'll be there soon, right? Like I was just driving back and forth. So that's that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, I think from, you know during the pandemic, especially, I think we worked more than we had oh, done yeah. in the past. I mean, yeah. it, and you couldn't. At least it was hard for me to distinguish between work life and home life. You know, it was all kind of gel together. And then I think probably is in the back of our minds is thinking that I need to prove that I'm really effective, you know, so I'm working even harder to show how effective I am during this time. So the world did change. <laughs> it definitely
0: did. And, and, you know, you mentioned something about, you know, we all rise together, which I when I was you know, when I initially found, found you online and I saw that organ- the, the, the cause and the mission was, was fantastic. So kind of where, where is that now?
1: So I, I closed Wheel Rise together in December of last year okay. because the reason, because it had a purpose. Its purpose was to bring people together during the pandemic to help them survive or thrive in whatever way worked for them, whether it was mental health, uh, having a job or their business was failing. And we, made such great progress. And then people started coming out of um, being completely remote and more, you know, more in touch. So I felt that the need for that sense of formalized community had been served. So we had a big event in, you know, uh, around the holidays and, um, you know, thanked all the people that worked on it, um, acknowledged the people that helped bring it together some of those people helped me with my website, for, you know, because I, mean, I said, you know, starting my own business. And that was the other thing I was starting. I was um, decided to leave WPP and start my own business. And I know that I couldn't do both as well and do it well. Some people have said, you know, we wanted to continue, Judy. And I said, well, here, here, take it on. Take They're it, going, take oh, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Right. I want to attend. I said, well, you know, then keep in touch with each other. So it served, I mean, I think it's okay to recognize that some things serve a purpose for a period of time, and then it's time to move on, which is actually a question that I might, I think I should, I'd like to give you, is your podcast focuses on the pandemic, you know, quitting your job during the pandemic. And, you know, soon it'll be, you know, beyond three years that so at what point does your podcast evolve or move away from anything concerning the pandemic? Or will that always be a topic of discussion?
0: Yeah, I think that is, it's a great question. And I often get asked about that too, because I think, you know, I did hop on a moment of obviously the pandemic, the great resignation and all of that. And, you know, my premise for, or as I, as I look to evolve the show, you know, one of my premises is that we don't talk about resignations enough and i think that as i as i continue to to grow the show like right now as as we're recording this you know we we're, we're in season 3 but as it evolves i want to talk about that decision point of when folks resign and what led up to that what went into that and how was it that you made you came to that decision because more often than not you know when we make my my thought is that around 28 30 you make a decision to leave a role it's going to be you know decently impactful especially if you have, you know, a partner, maybe, you know, kids or something like that, like those are big decisions. And I don't think we talk about that process enough. You know, rare is it that folks are making split second decisions to quit. There is a lot of planning that goes into it. There is a lot of reflection that goes into it. And I really want to explore that. And so as I continue to grow the show, it'll be along those lines. And so what what I would love to do is I'll then, I'll eventually, you know, open it up to that purpose of we all resign. I want to hear about your moment, a, a, a position that you resigned from, and why that was most meaningful to you. Because of either because of that role, or or maybe what happened next, or why you decided to design that role. So well, it'll you're still re-
1: people might be afraid to burn bridges. You know, I don't want to be too honest, Ryan, because you know uh, you never know where you might end up three, five, ten years from now.
0: No, without a doubt, I'm not worried about people build, burning bridges. Uh, Only because even with this, like I've been, even with, you know, when I did the intro call with with you and everyone I speak with, you know, it's not about bashing the companies that you've worked for, that you've left, that you've left from. It's really about you internally, right? And sometimes, you know, I want us to, like, I don't, you know, we don't, you know, talk about leaders' names or, and sometimes we don't even talk about orgs if folks don't want to talk about, and that's fine because it's really about, you and why this was a moment for you, right? And why you're leaving this role because of something that's going on. Now, granted, some of the things that may be going on, and I've had folks, you know, allude to it in other episodes could have been a leadership issue, right? But I don't dig too deeply into that. And I respect folks who don't want to get too deep into that because look, I'm in the space, right? So I get it, right? I definitely get it. But I think when we offer, when folks get a chance to tell the story of why they're making this pivot, what I some of the feedback that I get the most is, wow, I really saw myself in her, in him. Or, wow, that was me four or five years ago. Or, man, I wish I would have heard this. <laughs> I wish I would have heard this in the past because here are some things that I could have done differently. And when I hear that type of stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, people, you know, back to our earlier point of sometimes people feel so alone. My, what I hope my show offers is the realization that you are not alone. There are people all across the world who are going through very similar things. And maybe here are a couple nuggets that you can take from their discussion or their journey that may be applicable to you. And that's what I hope I'll get by just kind of expanding it more. Because yeah, there's I could you know there's a lot of folks who resigned during the pandemic, and maybe I'll still get some folks who have resigned during that time. But hopefully, it'll it'll kind of open up because I think there are some really good stories out there of even even businesses that have started after someone decided to leave a role, you know, regardless of the time frame. That I would love that maybe we don't have an origin story for that, and I could provide that you know or provide that platform where they can tell their origin story, and I love doing that. And I like talking to people, so selfishly I think I'll have fun. <laughs> we <Wait,
1: laughs> so, have a some more questions. And I know you're really <laughs> really animating me, but but I want no, to, actually all good. to ask a question is you know, looking at the conversations you're having today, are the reasons people are leaving their jobs different than they may have been five years ago? Or mm. longer?
0: Yeah, I think now it is a little different because, you know, granted, now don't get me wrong, people have always left roles because they weren't supported or they weren't engaged or they weren't uh, developed, if you will. And some of those themes still ring true. But what I often hear is I think more folks are digging into, you know, you hear about this lifestyle design, uh, more frequently now. People are more in tune with, you know what? Maybe chasing or trying to climb this proverbial corporate ladder is not something that I want to do. I was told this, I was sold this, and I was doing this. But that's maybe that's really not, that's not me. And now that I've had all this time, because the pandemic changed everybody, right? One way or the other, it changed everybody. And now that people have had this time, they're like, you know what, I I don't really want to do that. And truthfully, like, why? Why do I want to do that? Instead, I could do this type of thing. And granted, people want to make sure, especially if they have a family, they can support themselves, they can support their families, but then can I live in a way That is true to me, whether, you know, whatever I'm going to be doing. And so I think some of the reasons, especially now, now that are different than maybe five years ago is now folks are saying, you know what, let me go ahead and try to do this thing. And you know, what I think has been helpful for that is social media, because people can make a ton of money or not right. Doing stuff online. I think that's been a game changer for a lot of folks. In the various areas that I kind of see them showing up in.
1: Yeah. You know, another thing that I've found is that obviously, you know, people talk about, you know, living with purpose and doing things with purpose. I have a daughter who's 21 who has received her undergraduate degree, is going for a master's, received her undergraduate degree in three years. Oh, so, nice. Lottie, by the way. Nice, nice. <laughs> but, Congrats. You know, <laughs> you know, it's much more, I mean, money matters to her to her generation, but certainly doing purposeful work, working in an environment where you feel cared for, where they see you. And you know, my growing up in corporate America, I never thought about the organization trying to see me. <laughs> you know, I was there to serve. I was there to, you know, do my work, put my head down, and maybe if I'm lucky, someone will see me. But you know, it's a whole it's a whole different world and you know, one of the things I try to tell organizational leaders, and some buy into it, many don't, is you say you want to be people first. Okay, let's 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 unwrap that because if you're truly people first, then to your point, Brian, you'd be talking to me about what I want for my life, not just about what we're doing for this job. And so if I said to you, and I work for you, Brian, if I said to you, you know, Brian, one day I want to own my own business, or one day I'd love to have my own podcast, then if you were truly a people-first manager or company, you would find ways to help me reach my truest potential, regardless of where it took me. And the loyalty will come in other ways, or maybe that person would stay because they know that you're there to support them. But I mean, I... People are going to leave jobs anyway, but if we could have the mindset that truly people first and what you'll get by working with me is someone that's going to help you reach your dream, I think that could be a game changer if that were really the case.
0: Absolutely. And I want to pose something to you now. And it's so funny you mentioned this because at the time we're recording this, I just released an episode where I had a great conversation with this guy named Matt Doan. And towards the end, Adam Grant had come out with this thing around about side hustles being good for individuals and how they help not only the person, but the organization because they didn't do better work because they're more focused. Yes. And so what what Matt did was he said, what if all organizations like as far you know, to your point around being people first, they helped people or provided some type of funding or support for them to kick off some side project that may not have nothing that may not have anything to do with work. Yeah. And I was like, that's radical, right? Because- well,
1: you know, I did that in one of my companies many oh, you years did? ago. Wonder oh, tell me we about started, that. Um, when you met the person who introduced us, yes. we we had a program for your side hustle. And oh, wow. it was after hours at five o'clock, we had a consultant come in that you're interested in a side hustle. We want to help you get there. And you, go, you went through a series of workshops on how to start your business and how to do that outside of work. I will say it didn't get as much- traffic as i would have liked because i don't think you know it, it got some certainly but I, I was expecting more hoping for more because i still felt at that time and that was 20 2018 people still were not trusting that you could actually say that at work that you could say yes i'm interested in doing something other than this i I think we've grown a lot over those years, but yeah, that was because my passion has been help people to be their best selves, whatever that is, whether it's a parent, you know, whether that's the job they're doing, whether it's that side side hustle, but invest in helping people be the best that they can be and the rest will follow. But people also have to believe that you mean it.
0: That's true. That is true. I love that.
1: That sense of trust. That people feel that it is okay to really be myself yeah. in the workplace and to share with you who I am, and so that also means you have to share who you are.
0: Right, I love that a lot. I did not know that, but yeah. But so, so I think that that is a you know we talk about being people first. That that's an example of doing that. You know, so you mentioned it a couple times around you know, how you, you left, right? And I mentioned earlier how you, you retired from corporate America. Yeah, in but, not October, from work. <laughs> but not from work, but from corporate America in uh, October of 22. You know, so ultimately, why, why did you leave your job during that time?
1: Brian, I've, I should have left years ago. You know, I was scared. <laughs> I was scared. I You know, when I came into this new role that I had at WPP as the Global Head of Culture and Engagement, I came into that role uh, from another WPP company in January 2019, when I took that role, I declared that I'd be in this role for two years. Declared it. Declared it publicly. Said it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> My husband was like, "Would you stop telling people that?" <laughs> 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 right. So I said, no, I I declared it because if I declare it, then I can release myself, and I couldn't make this. I couldn't make the jump, and then. You know, the pandemic happened and then the murder of George Floyd and there was just too much work that needed to be done in the corporation. My company had a hundred and ten thousand employees leading culture there. It was it was overwhelming and I, I couldn't do it. So eventually, twenty twenty being such a crazy year and a horrific year, I took a sabbatical. And I was, again very upfront with my employer and said, you know, with this sabbatical, I will if I come back, I'm gonna come back part time, which I did. Three days a week. And I will use those other days to work on my business. But Brian, I started doing not for profit work. I had meal rides together. Never could get that LLC, never put it off, put it off, put it off until finally um, one day I had a conversation with my CEO and it was like, when are you ready? You know, how can I help you get ready? And he was one of those CEOs that we were friends first. So I knew that this is something that I had been talking about and broadcast about. So when are you ready? You know, and how can I help? And he helped and became a client and I made that leap and the leap was so much easier than I had anticipated. You know, as much experience as I had behind me, as much confidence as I tend to show, I was scared and I was who, who's going to hire me? <laughs> right. Who's going to talk to me? Who's going to return my goal if I don't have this big company behind me, you know, as, as, as my identity? But now people, uh, without even trying, people would see my posts on LinkedIn. Oh, you're doing a sponsorship program. Someone I met 30 years ago at one of my companies I worked for at BBDL said, we're doing a sponsorship program. Can you help us? Another organization, Uh, That's a very, you know, I don't know if I should say the companies, but a big organization said, oh, I see you doing this Elevate program, which was a program I created at WPP for black women to help black women find their voice. And it was specifically designed for them. And they asked us, could you do it for any other underrepresented groups? Sure. So I've been doing this program for six months with this other company. But things have just fell in my lap through relationships, And, um, and those, many of those relationships are relationships that were started decades ago. And, you know, one of the great lessons for me there is a lesson that I pass on to my daughter is that your brand starts truly the moment you're born, but certainly as soon as you take your first job, your brand starts and who you are speaks louder than your resume. People will buy who you are more so than they'll buy the skills that you can demonstrate, you know, on a piece of paper or digitally. So um, the trust that you build, the relationships you built, the history that you've built, your reputation that you've built are all the things that have built my company of JLC Ventures. And it's been so much easier than I thought it would be because I was already building my company years and years ago without realizing it.
0: No, that, that's awesome. And I, and I appreciate you sharing how, and I saw your, your LinkedIn post and it mentioned how, you know, it took, took two years for you to make this decision. And I appreciate your transparency and how you're like, Hey, like I was scared. I had to get past this, this fear. And, you know, I notice a, a lot of that in, there's a consistent theme with that in the conversations that I'm having too. And that people sometimes are, you know, scared of what's on the other side, but truthfully that other side could be beautiful. Could be really, really beautiful, and I think you're kind of like a like a living testament to that, you know, you know. And so, when you finally made this decision, you know, so clearly your your CEO was on board. uh, But how did people kind of respond to you kind of making this move?
1: Well, well, since I've been talking about it, in any podcast, any nobody
0: was surprised.
1: You know, like about time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's what was great about it because then people started raising their hand. How can I help? How can I help? Okay. How can I help? Um, I was shop CEOs, um, my former assistant, so many people, uh, LinkedIn, you know, how can I help? Free advice. Another friend of mine who is an entrepreneur, you can use my office. When do you want to you can use my office? I mean, it was the gift of time, the gift of advice. They give some free dinners, <laughs> <laughs> right. but, uh, who's paying the dinner? Because <laughs> you know, I don't know. What my next check is coming from. right? But, no, people have been incredibly kind, and so that's another surprise. Sadly, that is a surprise. But you know, being in, a, in an HR world, of people. Job, I'm always thinking about what am I supposed to do to help you? Like, what can I do to help you? Oh, you need a job? Oh, you didn't get your paycheck? You know, whatever it is. Like, so I was not used to someone coming to help me. If that was a new being able to receive, I was always easy to give, but able to receive it was like, oh, you obviously want something, right? You no, like you, do I need to pay you? Please don't. You've already you already have through. Other things that you've done, and that was hard for me to accept. It was hard to accept. So um, people are much more generous and loving and giving than I gave them credit for.
0: And you know, and this is based on my, you know, we've we've talked a couple times, but I truthfully think, and I'm getting a great vibe from you. I think it's a testament to you, right? Um, you get my opinion. You give off a natural sense of like authenticity and caring that I think people often resonate with, or I can see people resonating with. I've talked to you, what, three three times max? Right. That's the vibe that I'm getting. And so I, it's, it. truthfully, it's no surprise to me that folks would respond to you in that way, given the feeling that I have talking with you now.
1: Well, thank you, Brian. I hope I didn't insult anyone by saying I didn't expect such kindness. No,
0: no, no. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, I think it's a great point that you mentioned. Look, I've, I've been, I was in the HR space uh, for a few years as well, you know, employment law space for a while. And we are often in that give, give, give mode, right? And that wanting to make sure that we, it's always like resolving something, like getting to the end of whatever, whether like to your point how do I get you that paycheck or how do I make sure that you have this conversation for whatever, you know, end goal you're trying to, trying to meet. And so we don't, and I often joke sometimes and say that sometimes the HR role is a thankless job. right? Yeah. Like yeah. You know, we don't, because people come to us only when they need something rarely when they can we just get invited to the pizza party, you know, right. <laughs> like, you, you know yeah. that's rare. Right. <laughs> but, um, but I think, you know, when you have that impact on, on folks, like it is hard to, to one, like truthfully receive that, because just we're kind of wired in a way where, you know, it's just tough. It's just tough. Right. So I definitely and that's why like that.
1: gratitude is such an important value for me. I, I post about gratitude. I yep. try to acknowledge people that have done things for me, whether big or small, throughout the years. You know, and I, I think people have often taken gratitude for granted. You know, my my daughter has grown up knowing you say thank you and you get a... Because I've, I've had nieces and now I give them a gift. I'm like... No, no card, no text, no, you know, you just (laughs) said, you just said thank you to yourself. Right. But I think it's such a a currency and it's an important value for us as people to, you know, really use. Even when we talked earlier about checking in, that's part of gratitude. You know, today someone reached out to me that I worked with a company a while back and Again, with my head on, how am I supposed to, how do I serve? I said, okay, so, you know, how can I help you? And I'm like, no, Judy, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Back in my mind is, okay, we're going to get to something. <laughs> <And> <laughs> right, and it wasn't, right. it, wasn't it anything other than, you know, um, just want to make sure you're okay, see how your business is going, just want to say hi. And, I love that. um, And that's gratitude, you know, that's an expression of gratitude. And I think the more that all of us can do that, the better the world could be, because you know, all, a lot of us are in thankless jobs, or a lot of us don't realize the little things we may do that makes someone feel special. Your podcast—how many people have you touched through your podcast? How many people have learned about themselves through your podcast? And how much have you learned about yourself through these podcasts?
0: A lot. You know, and.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we all have so much to be grateful for and to thank others for. And if we find those moments to say thank you and and, and with purpose, you know, it, it just brightens up everyone's day and hopefully it brightens up our lives.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, one of the pieces of the show that truthfully gets a lot of traction is, is the advice portion, right? And and so as I'm, you know, here and our and going through our discussion, I'd love for, for you to share some some words of wisdom for those who may be listening, right? And so let's say someone is in a similar situation to what you were going through, right? They know, even though they may have, you know, exalted that they're going to leave X amount of times, they, they may be struggling to kind of get across that hump. And so for those who are kind of in that boat, but maybe unsure what to do next, what type of advice would you give them on truthfully making those next steps?
1: You know, I would say get your posse together, get your posse, whether it's your personal board of directors, you know, five or six people that you trust who may have impacted you at different points of your life. Maybe you've worked for some of them. Maybe they've worked for you and maybe it's someone else that owns their own business, but bring your posse together, get your core of advisors together, get those people together who you can be your raw self with, um, share with them your challenges, share with them your insecurities, share with them your highs, and you will build together. And I know you don't necessarily say names, so I'm going to say a name. My first uh, client was someone that used to work for me, Corey Stevens, was at a company. And he said, we need a guest speaker. And I was still at WPP at the time, but I had announced that, yes, I definitely am leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he gave me my first uh, assignment as a keynote speaker. So, and he's part of my board of directors. So bring your board of directors together, bring those people together who you love and trust and, you know, brainstorm with them and use them to challenge you and to lift you up. You Because know, I, I, I do think you need a community around you that helps you to see the things you don't always see. Just last night, I did an exercise of, you know, where have you seen me at my best in my professional life? And I asked my board of directors to answer that, and I saw a lot of similarities. But ask people, ask your spouse, ask your partner, ask a friend, ask people you work with, where have you seen me at my best? because that may inform where you lean because where you've been your best is probably where you shined and it's probably where your secret power is.
0: I love that. And, you know, similar to the question you asked me earlier too, as we think about what's next for employers, like what do you think they could be doing more to better support employees as we look to the future of work?
1: I would go back to what we talked about earlier. You know, honoring people first because pretty much all companies say that and if you really mean people first mean it do it find out what each person that matters to you wants and help them get it even if it means leaving your company that's big make that people big. First. <laughs>
0: no I love that and as you know we, you talk about JLC ventures and as you think about the the next the impact that you're trying to make for the future what does this next chapter? For you and JLC ventures, kind of look like?
1: You know, look at my website, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Leading with Love and Culture. But it's about cr- different ways in which I can make the workplace more human. Whether that's coaching a leader to be more effective, whether it's taking employee survey data and, you know, mulling through that and doing focus groups and trying to see how we can make a better workplace. Um, Whether it's doing programs like the one I have called Elevate, which takes a group of people from underrepresented groups and and helps them find their voice. But finding ways to make the workplace more human and helping leaders lead that effort because people follow what they see.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, look, I think this was a great discussion. I'm glad you asked me some questions. Right. I think I I love I love kind of going through those, those flows. And I just really appreciate you taking, you know, some time to, to speak with me. I think your story is a great one. I think folks can really resonate with that. And look, I applaud, you know, the work that you're doing, like you mentioned with, with Elevate, you know, you're really, you know, helping underserved groups kind of, you know, uplift or to your point, elevate in their career growth. And so would love for us to stay connected and would love for you to share where folks can, can find you online and, and support some of that work. That you do, and maybe even buy you a free dinner or something.
1: Like <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I can <laughs> I can afford to go Dutch. <laughs>
0: you got you, you can go Dutch.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, but follow me on LinkedIn. I post often on LinkedIn. I post articles about leadership. Um, one of the things I'm passionate about is sponsorship, because you know, say underrepresented groups are particularly black employees are over mentored and under sponsored. So follow me on LinkedIn, Judy Jackson. And uh, look, at, look for me at JLC Benches at our new website that was just launched last week.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for that info. And look, that'll do it for today's episode. Again, I want to thank my guest, Judy Jackson. I will share her information in the show notes. And look, I hope you all have a great week, and we'll definitely see you next time. Judy, thank thanks you. again. Thanks again for listening to Lila. Be sure to join us next time for more stories from the Great Resignation. Visit us at www.yileft.co. That's yileft.co. And subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, podcasters. It's Brian Akar, host of Why I Left. Are you ready to take your show to the next level? I've got a game changer for you. Meet Dave, the genius behind apodcastgeek.com and the man who keeps me and Why I Left looking and sounding so crisp. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just getting started, Dave's got your back. He's the go-to producer for podcasters who demand nothing but the best. At ApodcastGeek.com, you can easily order your next episode. And the best part, got a special offer, is you'll receive 10% off your first order using code BA10. That's right, 10% off to kickstart your podcasting journey by simply using the code BA10 at checkout. Now, don't wait. I know you've been thinking about starting a show and maybe this is your sign to just get out there and do it. So what I want you to do is visit apodcastgeek.com, sign up and start creating amazing content. Dave and his team are simply amazing and you won't regret it. At a podcastgeek.com, they're going to help you reach new heights with your podcast. And of course, tell them that Brian from Why I Left sent you. See you soon.